Hey friend, really excited for this Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Georgie and Getin McCoy. Getting ish done, that is Georgie. After a really inspiring story of coming to the US and New York from Jamaica, Georgie has been hustling. She talks about the hustle muscle and getting ish done. For years, she had led workshops for people, nonprofits, freelancers, entrepreneurs to, well, get ish done with the resources you have and no excuses, just action. She has led the GSD Summit for the last three years, featuring people like Gerard Adams and John Henry and some Portfolio Care podcast guests like Kian Gardner, Alex Portera, and Olive Persimmon. I was so impressed with a recent post of hers describing her annual tradition of help with anything, where she gives without any expectations in return. So I asked her for her help to come on my podcast for me to learn more from her. And she talks about her new book. The pre-sale of it is now until January 11th. The book is called The Art of Getting Ish Done. Please, it would mean so much to her to go to artofgsd.com artofgsd.com to learn more about the book and order a copy before January 11th. She describes her professional theme here in a very unique way. I think it's really going to resonate with you. I'm so thankful for my ratings and comments on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. So tune in to build and grow your portfolio career. And as always, let me know what you think. Well, cool. Welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Nabinsky, is here with Georgie and Getton McCoy. How's it going, Georgie? I'm doing well. How's it going, David? Good, good, good. Uh, so, Georgie, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? Um, well, I have a brand new spanking title that I've been slapping on myself um, because before I would say, let's say it was about a year ago, I would say, hi, I'm Georgie. I have a startup called Listed Mine. I'm a doer. I uh, focus on diversity and entrepreneurship, and I love technology. What do you do? So that was really kind of long. Or sometimes I wouldn't even say anything at all. I'd just say, oh, hi, I'm Georgie. And then, <laughs> because I was just like, I don't know which one of my like, many things that I do I should talk about right now. Or like if I'm in a certain scenario, I'll just talk about one of those things, even though I'm doing like seven or eight and I have like a crazy amount of titles at the same time. But tonight, I would say, hi, I'm Georgianne Gatt-McCoy. So I'll say the full name. And I'm an execution strategist. And I would, if that sits well, I would continue with, what that means is I help people take a holistic look at their resources and their circumstances to create a plan that they can execute on to launch their business idea or any type of project that they're interested in working on. Awesome. Yeah. I've, I've never heard the the title execution strategist before and I love it. And, uh, <laughs> I want to learn a little bit more about that. So what does that, what does that look like? You said you talk to people and you say, you know, kind of learn about their kind of inputs and then, you know, design a, a path forward for them. Are you able to speak to, you know, a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, definitely. So I came up with the title because I took a little quick online course offered by Nicole Walters, but it was all about just finding clarity on what you do. And for a long time, I've been very much into a lot of different 
things, whether it was work-wise, in my personal life, just professionally and personally, I've just been a multifaceted person. Like I do so many different things. And so coming up with like a specific title or just aligning with like, okay, what do I really do? Like at the core of it all, what is my thing that I do? And over the last couple months, it was just really focused on execution. So a lot of the projects that I do, a lot of the work that I do, I'm the person that comes in and says, okay, how can we get this done? No matter what it is, how can we get it done? And when I say resources, I think of what do you have on hand? What do you already have? Let's not try to think, you know, oh, we want to get get funding. We want to get more customers. None of that. Like, what do you have right now where you currently are? Those are your resources. And then circumstances. What is holding you back? Like, why can't you do what you need to do with the resources that you might currently have? Is there like a physical circumstance? Is there like a life circumstance? Is there a mental circumstance? Like what is holding you back from getting where you need to go? And then by looking at those two things, I come up with a plan that is unique for you. So with you, I come up with a plan that is unique specifically for your path, your journey of how you can use the resources that you currently have while also taking into consideration the circumstances that might come into your way, like the roadblocks you might have, so that we could create a path for you to execute on whatever you need to get done. Because oftentimes people are like, okay, I want to launch my company, but I need, you know, $1,000 to do incorporation, get inventory, get marketing. There's so many different aspects of it, but it's just like there is a way with what you currently have to get it done, it just is not going to be the same way as person X or person Z is doing it. We just have to work together to build your unique path. Mm, okay. All right. I love that. And a lot of the people that you work with are entrepreneurs, freelancers, creatives, types of um, people. Yeah, definitely. And I've done a lot of projects in that same kind of scope of work for um, nonprofit as well as like education based organizations. Um, so that's where like I do most of like my project work where I'm like working inside of like a company for a couple months at a time and it all comes down to, you know, executing with the resources that they have on hand because getting new resources can be very tedious. It's, you know, a game of luck, chance, possibilities, but if you just really take a look at what you currently have, it's more feasible it's more controllable that's a better way to put it it's more controllable um you can also pursue other things but just you could create a stronger plan with just using what you have on hand at the moment okay all right georgie and i'd love to learn a little bit more about how this all got started um i I noticed on linkedin you have some really interesting interesting jobs along your way um but i'd love to say uh, a place and i wanted would love to hear your reaction um, Baldwin College. What is what does Baldwin College mean to you? I think you mean like Baldwin High School. You know, when you when you moved to New York, it seemed like you from Jamaica. You kind of um, your perspective changed a little bit in terms of you know stuff you could get done and and things that you, and projects you could work on. Mm-hmm. So kind of like you know going to school and and being around uh, people in New York it seemed like it changed a little bit of your your confidence are you able to speak to that a little bit yeah definitely so when I first moved to New York we spent like a little bit of time in um Brooklyn and then we spent most of our time in the Bronx so in the Bronx I was in a mostly minority community so it was I was surrounded by a lot of like black and Latinos and it was more so 
a lot of like apartment buildings I or like three-story houses so just like the train of thought was kind of like limited it was just like you know you go to school you get your degree you become a doctor nurse or lawyer or accountant and then down the line you figure it out you know your goal is to get like a great corporate job and then when I moved to Baldwin and uh when I was in um 10th grade 11th grade that opened my eyes to seeing I would call it like a more diverse community and people would think people would assume you know being in like New York City would be like where I saw more most of the diversity but again I was like primarily just in the Bronx and like the black and Latino communities mm-hmm. like just being honest there was literally like maybe two white kids that I've ever went to school with and maybe like one or two Asian kids again very limited so I wouldn't count that as a diverse ecosystem because I just didn't know like the only time like I had interactions with non-black or Latino people was like through television or through like the digital sphere when I was like online like looking up stuff back then when there was like chat rooms and like a messenger like that was the only like type of communication so moving to Baldwin now I saw like this super diverse community where there's people from all different backgrounds I saw what like affluent like communities would look like and seeing that these people you know they lived in houses it was like the American dream that we kind of were sold on when when I was growing up in Jamaica. It was just like, you know, you're going to come to America. There's going to be so many different opportunities. There's going to be, um, you know, opportunities for quick wealth. You're going to have like a nice house and a nice backyard and good neighborhoods and good streets. But like when we moved to specifically like the Bronx, it was just not that. Um, so moving to Long Island, like allowed me to kind of see that and see that, you know, technology was cool. I was like, labeled a nerd for a long time because I was like more so interested in like technology stuff interested in entrepreneurship and like my family trying to protect me you know they told me that kind of stay stay clear from entrepreneurship until you've gotten your like corporate job and like you're settled and you know you have a bunch of money and then you can like invest it into entrepreneurship um but I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur I've always wanted to start my own business so like when I was told that um it kind of made me feel like, I was hurt. I was just like, why? Like, this is the land of opportunity. This is especially where I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. They're like, no, no, no. None of that. <laughs> um, so going back to Long Island, going to Long Island now, there was, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small business owners that were successful, had businesses for 30, 40, 50 years. And um, so that showed me, you know, I could still pursue my dreams of entrepreneurship. And there wasn't, like, a monetary amount that I needed to make. There wasn't... Um, it just showed me that there wasn't as many blockers that, as I originally thought when we had moved specifically to to the Bronx. Um, and so I started, you know, diving into every opportunity I could find. Like, if you look at my high school yearbook, I'm in, like, almost every club. <laughs> From debate to um, yearbook to step team to, like, key club, which is, like, a social impact club. I was in everything because I'm just like, there's so much opportunity here. I need to take advantage of it, like... I need to just touch everything and, be, and partake and help and do and do and do and just get stuff done. So that's where where that like and now I was allowed to. It wasn't seen as like, you know, I'm wasting my time or like taboo. Like I need to shift my gear to focusing on just like the educational and like um, professional career building. But I was able to dabble into things that I liked and I could also create opportunities through the things that I'd like to do, not just the things I needed to do. Does that kind of like answer yeah yeah very much so and then so that was so do you so you mentioned you were allowed to do things like allowed to get stuff done you saw kind of like the opportunities and you had permission 
to to execute and to you know enroll into certain projects and clubs and meet people and then how did you get started with the GSD Summit? So the GSD Summit started in 2016 by accident. <laughs> so I was working at, I was doing a fellowship at a, um, a ed tech startup in the city. And when I would come into work, my coworkers would always make a joke because my last name is Getten. Like my um, pre-marriage last name is just Getten. So there was... I think at the time I wasn't using McCoy as much. So every time they would see me, oh, Georgianne is getting shit done. And I have heard, like, getting has, as a pun since, like, elementary school. So I'm just like, guys, thanks. That's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. So just kept on saying that, like, every day, Georgie, oh, you got shit done. So I was just like, okay, what can I do with this? And then I was meeting so many different um, people, and I was, like, really into the ecosystem at this time. And I was doing, like, smaller events such as workshops and hackathons. Okay, Georgie, so I'd love to learn a bit more about these workshops and stuff. Yeah, so but before what I was doing is like workshops specifically around entrepreneurship. So some of the titles, I could give you some names like The Power of Broke, where um, I would have, I had three panelists come in talking about how can you use like being broke or like lack of funds to accelerate your business because we always talk about getting funds and like investment and venture capital, but like how can we use, again, the resources that we currently have to accelerate our business growth and kind of do grassroots um, things. So just all the workshops were focused on helping people to think outside of the box of the resources that they have, as well as like the circumstances that they might be going through to leverage that to launch their businesses or their projects that they were doing. Because a lot of people that I came across were saying how they, how much they lacked, right? Oh, I don't have the right business knowledge. Oh, I don't have the right the, the right amount of time. I don't have this. I don't have that. So my workshops essentially was, you know, how can we use what you do have, right? A hackathon, you only have 24 or 48 or 72 hours and you need to build this thing. How are you going to build that? Like have, getting people to kind of push their limits and use what they have in order to create create something. Okay. And so then you created the GSD Summit and that's been for the last three years. Yeah, so the GSD Summit was supposed to be like a bigger version of that, right? Who else is out there getting stuff done that we might not know about? Because we oftentimes, you know, when you ask somebody, oh, name five people that you know, are really bossy and get stuff done and like are killing it. And you hear like Gary Vee, Elon Musk, Oprah, Zuckerberg, right? And it's just like there's so many, there are hundreds of other people. And even in a class that I took this summer recently, the question was asked, proposed to, to the students in the class. And again, it was like the same five, 10 names, like the top people that we hear about, like the really rich and famous people, their inspiration or that get stuff done. I'm just like, guys, there's so many other people. So I wanted to one, showcase and highlight and celebrate those people that are out there getting stuff done. And two, again, continue to teach people that you could get stuff done wherever you are. And that your day one is not going to match up to somebody's day 3000 or day 200 even. And just, acknowledging that this is your start and this is your journey and that you will get there eventually and that we could all learn from each other. But it's all about just starting and getting stuff done and just like doing, right? You always have to be doing, not just focusing on dreaming. I love that. Okay. All right. And then, so you mentioned teaching and, um, and also that this has been going on for three years. You're, you have a book that's coming out. I'd love to learn a little bit more about the book. I think the first chapter kind of talks about some notes that you were you're scribbling um, when GSD was getting started. So maybe provide some context to the book that uh, you recently wrote and kind of 
your thoughts behind the book and why you wanted to write it? Yeah, so the book is called The Art of Getting Shit Done, and I started it back in 2016, literally like a couple days right after the first GSD Summit. I was just like, wow, that was amazing. I feel so invigorated. I just want to write and talk about it and share everything. And I, you know, wrote about maybe like the first one and a half chapters, and I was just like, you know, I'm going to continue. I had like a whole plan. I outlined like all the different chapters and titles and stuff. But I never continued writing. I would write like little bits and pieces in between the months. And then, you know, a year passed and we were at the 2017 Get Shit Done Summit. And again, I had this boost of energy, wrote another two, three chapters, but slowly I put it back down. And for the third time now, this year, I picked it back up. I'm like, I'm going to finish this book. And the reason why I wanted to write this book and like the, the story behind the book is just really, it's part memoir. So talking about my journey and adventures from, you know, my days as being a little girl growing up in Jamaica to coming to New York and then moving all around and launching businesses, but also tangible lessons that I've learned from my mentors and research and just doing and just like things that have come across my journeys and like lessons learned from that, that I could teach on to the next person, as well as like tips and hacks and tricks that I've learned along the way as well. And something that really made me realize that this year was when I was going to finish the book is I was participating in like a, someone was doing like a Facebook live and in the Facebook live, like I actually, she's an author and I asked her, how do you know when it's time to write your book? Cause I was feeling so stuck. I'm like, I know I've outlined this book a million times. I know what every chapter is about. I know what I need to do. And it's been two years. Why haven't I finished this book? And I'm, you know, I love reading. I love writing. Like, this is like what I'm good at. And then she said something, she replied and she said, Oftentimes we don't think about it, but we can't write the story until the story is complete. And I was just like, wow, like you're so right. Like this, this journey, this chapter literally in my, in my own life, this chapter hasn't fully closed. And then a couple months later, I, you know, tried to figure out to myself, like what would, what's necessary, like kind of close off this chapter. And I let that fall into my subconscious. And over the next few months, like that chapter did end up closing. And I made some really huge decisions, such as, you know, closing down my startup that I was doing all the events with, moving a thousand miles away and just kind of finding myself and just figuring out, okay, at the core, what does Georgie do? Like, who is Georgie? And that allowed me to close the previous chapter that I talk about in the stories and adventures that I talk about in the book and now move on to this new chapter of my life. And now that that's happened, you know, I was able to finish the book like it was nothing. So um, <laughs> the book is, you know, up for pre-order now. So I'm really excited to kind of share this story and my lessons learned and just tell everybody about all the magic that has happened with my journey of like getting sh- shit done. And like the reason why I called it an art is um, because there's no science to it. There's no like calculations or like mathematical formula. There is none. You know, we see a lot of times on social media ads where like, oh, I'll teach you how to become a millionaire in 30 days, subscribe. Like, no, that that solution might have worked perfectly for the person that created the system or maybe perfectly for the next five or 10 people, but that doesn't mean it's going to work perfectly for you. And it's an art. Like you, everyone has like this blank canvas and we're all maybe given similar colors or even if we get the same colors, but what we produce at the end of the day, like what the, the masterpiece that we create is our own. And we have Mm. to one, acknowledge that two, um, let that sink in, right? Just be okay with it. I'm not going to, even if we're both on our day 200s, you're, Day 200 might be a lot more successful than mine, but 
I'm on my own specific journey, creating my own beautiful picture. And at the end, I will get what I need to get out of it. And I will get my stuff done. And I'll have this beautiful portrait to kind of look back at and say, wow, that was my journey. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, highly encourage people to check that out. And are you able to provide kind of a a sneak peek or a little bit of a, like a tangible example. You mentioned that the book's part memoir, but it also is part tactic. Like, are you able to maybe, uh, maybe just through the GST summit or some of the workshops, some just like one or two things that stand out to you that are kind of unexpected that people are surprised to hear about and how to get stuff done. Yeah. So one of the chapters um, I talk about, and I mentioned it earlier, like the power of broke, the power of broke. And, um, at each GSD summit, there was some type of like power of broke or financial workshop. I either called it the power of broke this year. I called it scared money. Don't make no money. Like literally that was the name of the panel because so often like everyone is coming up to you like, Oh, I don't have enough money. I need to go fundraise. I need to go crowdfund. I need to do trying to find all this money, but they forget that there are opportunities within like your lack of money or just your lack of anything, right? Your lack of time, your lack of money, your lack of resource, your lack of knowledge, you could use that to expedite your your growth. And it's just like, if you think of it as a benefit versus as like a something that's holding you back, because if you don't know enough about a topic yet, then you have the, now the ability to learn, to get multiple um, perspectives. And like when we talk about the power of broke, because you don't have the money, now you could think of creative ways to either make the money with by selling your product or service or creative ways to build your product. And that outside of the box, the system that you end up using will last you longer because if you have to think of how you're going to get that money or find creative ways to get gigs and jobs and accelerate that, that, that process of figuring out how can I get this money, not only get this money, but also keep this money around for a long time so I can reinvest it and accelerate it. And the analogy that I use is, you know, when you break your leg, right, your leg is broken when it heals and when it's fixed, it's a lot stronger than it was before it was broken. And so to think of that in a way of like, once you're broke and like you're, you've hit rock bottom, right? Once you're at rock bottom, the only place you can go is up. Like there's no getting worse. Like it's just climbing out of that hole and like getting stuff done and figuring it out and just like hustling, hustling, hustling. And once you get that, like hustle muscle, <laughs> that hustle muscle going, it, it builds itself up so strong that in the future, that resilience, that persistency, those skills that you learned in that phase will be so much more valuable to you in the long run than anything. And like, it's not something you could just go sit down in the classroom and learn. It's more so just experience-based knowledge. And that's what I think I have a lot of experience-based knowledge. And that's what sets me apart from a lot of people that have maybe have like degrees or, um, you know, I have degrees as well, but like the experience-based knowledge that I have has gotten me further than any of the degrees or the instructional education that I've received, mm-hmm. undoubtedly, yeah. yeah. Okay, and to me, you know, kind of, we recently connected about your HWA help with anything. I thought that that was just amazing, and it's, that seems like you know anybody could do that if they're broke, right? In terms of just helping helping people, and so I'd love to give a little bit more context. So help with anything 
for the last couple of years around Christmas and New Year's, you mm-hmm. you you ask your friends if they need help with anything, and and then that mm-hmm. and that's personal and, and professional. Is that is that right, Georgie? Yeah. So and it's funny. I started it back in 2014, and like 2014, as you will see in the book, <laughs> um, I talk about it. Like that was like my for real broke year. Like I was dirt poor. Like it was bad, and. The reason why I started it is because I was just like, somebody out there has it worse than I do right now. And if I can help somebody out, just even a little bit, even if they don't have it worse than me, one, I'll be learning something more than I knew before. And two, I have time. Like that's the resources that I have. That's the resource that I have with no limit. So I'm going to give, invest my time. So that's what, that's what you could think of it as. I'm going to invest my time to help out others. But in the long run, I'm helping out myself, but now I'm learning. I'm keeping myself busy and I'm, you know, stretching my hustle muscle so it doesn't go into atrophy. Because if it goes into that, then it's going to be harder to like get it working again. So that was really why I started it. And that first year, it was so, the response was like amazing. Like people were just reaching out like, hey, you know, I was like really scared. Simple things like resume helping. Somebody wanted to like apologize to like a family member that they hadn't spoken to in years. And everyone needs help. Even the richest of the richest, the people that we think have the most perfect life, everyone needs some type of help. And sometimes they're afraid to ask for it. So if you ask someone first, like, hey, I'm here to help you. What do you need help with? Like, you have my time, you have my attention, you have my energy. Like, I'm here for you. I'm not going to charge you. You know, it's not some of the price tag. There is nothing for you to lose. There's only something for you to gain in this interaction. How can I help you? People will reach out. And so for the last four holiday seasons, you know, this is the fourth year, 2018, people have reached out and I've helped them. And it's just, it warms my heart again. And I learn from it and I gain all this, this tactical experience and get to see and take a quick peek into someone else's life and things that they're doing. And that just kind of, you know, gives me a boost to to continue everything that I do. So I definitely love doing my help with anything and I want to continue this like forever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm honored by it. And I, I, I loved it. I, I loved it so much. I was like, yeah, I, the, here's how you can help me. <laughs> let's, let's talk, let's <laughs> talk about this. And uh, I've been, you know, a couple, a couple of guests of, of the podcast have been at GSD summit and stuff. So, um, have heard great things about you and stuff. So, uh, I thought it'd just be a perfect time to, to get to know you a little bit more, Georgie. Thank you. And I guess, you know, is there anything that we haven't talked about Georgie and your, your career and that you'd like to talk about now? I guess like, as like, a wrapping up words, I guess what I want to say is like, there's a lot of parts of everyone's life, right? Even as I sit here right now, like I have two kids, I'm like married, I have like a family, I'm working for a few different companies, but I want to have everyone that's like listening to this, just decide to take a couple minutes out of their time. You know, you don't have to do like a huge help with anything, but I think everyone should invest at least, you know, an hour, a year or a day or some, just some type of time actively asking the people maybe just in your household or in your friend circle, what can you help them with? Because that allows you to just really be selfless for that period of time. And that one, you might think it's something so small that you're helping someone with, but that one thing could change a person's entire like life trajectory and impact someone's life in such a powerful and positive way. You know, we're never, you're never too busy to just take a couple seconds to help someone 
just unapologetically not expecting anything in return. And oftentimes it, you know, the universe like brings it back to you tenfold. I'm not saying to do it for that purpose, but I'm just saying, you know, you do good and good things will happen to you. Just like, that's what I believe. Just be for forthcoming and just like helpful wherever you can. And yeah, so, you know, help with anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if people, I love that. And if people want to help and support your your book and some of your other initiatives, what's the best way that they can uh, support and follow up? Yeah, the best way is my main website, gsdwithgeorgie.com. And that has like everything that I do from like my book to like different masterclass and programs that I run, my YouTube channel. So I have like a lot of different ways I pump out content. It ranges from completely free to some stuff where I have like really high price tag and everything in between. But my main thing is I love giving value. I love helping people just get shit done. <laughs> awesome. And and the pre-orders to January 10th? Uh, yeah. So the pre-order closes January 11th. Um, we're at 24. I would love to get to 500. Um, if I get to 500, my book will be pitched to over five, 150 publishers but regardless it will be published either self-published or through a publisher if i hit that goal amazing all right well i'm rooting for you georgie thank you david well i really appreciate your time and um we'll be in touch thanks so much georgie you're welcome bye-bye 